what's going on? This is Marty from the Grass Station Podcast. Happy New Year to everybody. I'm super excited to bring in the new year with a new lawn care program. Uh, for everyone that's been listening to the podcast, I'm sorry for my brief hiatus for the last couple of months. Uh, we have been in the process of buying a property and getting ourselves set up for this 2022 lawn care season. So stick around. We have a ton of information that I'm going to unpack, a ton of updates on what's been happening in our life, around our house, and uh, our recent pro- purchase of this property. So stick around. All right, what's going on, everybody? So when you're getting this, it'll be the end of January. We took a little bit of a break there for winter. We finished strong with our last episode in November about getting the last set of leaves up and getting ourselves a nice fresh cut going into winter. At this point, for a lot of us up here in the Midwest, we have been slammed by snow. We have been slammed by ice, cold temperatures. And the last thing that a lot of us are doing right now is thinking about our lawn, right? But this is a great opportunity. It's a great place to start thinking about your 2022 lawn care season, right? Because we don't have to mow. We're not out there trying to battle what's been growing where you don't have to do any herbicide applications right now or, you know, there's, there's no physical work to do. So a lot of this is just prep work, a lot of planning to make sure that we get ourselves set up right for the season. So yeah, we took a little bit of a break there. I hope everybody had a really nice holiday. Our Christmas season was awesome. Our um, New Year's was really, really fun. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have a whole lot going on other than that we were purchasing a new property. And for those of you who've been listening, you understand that I've actually jumped from my little 10,000 square foot property into a five acre property. So we're really getting used to that whole process of owning this property, owning this house and finding a way to make it work for us. And we'll get into that all of what we've had to do here already in you know in the couple of weeks that we've been living here um, but first off i just want to say happy new year and happy holidays i hope everybody had a restful joyful season and uh, thank you for being patient with me on getting out another episode so we purchased this house uh what was it a first week of december you know a couple of weeks before christmas which is like the best time ever to purchase a house um, being sarcastic, of course, because you know we were trying to rush to get everything done for Christmas, but all of our finances were tied up in the house and in the property, so we weren't able to do a whole lot of spending right before. So when we got into the house, we were just in immediate go mode, right? We had to get in, we had to put up Christmas decorations, we had to get the bed set up, we had to get the house livable, right? So this particular piece of property was owned by a single woman, and uh, she had a horse couple of ponies on the property and she she utilized the property really as like as a working ranch so the entire property itself is riddled with you know Kentucky 31 pasture grass and uh, there's going to be a ton of work that I need to do to get ready for the 2022 lawn care season so I'm really excited to be with you guys throughout this entire process I'm excited that there's a lot of people who have been starting out fresh and are just getting a, a foot in the door with lawn care. This is an awesome opportunity for you to start your season, get yourself the research that you need to move forward here. It's really exciting for me to be in a new property, to also have this podcast as an, as an avenue to be able to teach what's happening in my particular lawn. So last year, last season, we walked, we walked you through an entire year at my pretty standard 10,000 square foot property. It was brand new Kentucky bluegrass sod. I was able to give a lot of information on how to manage that new sod, how to manage new construction soil, 
but there wasn't a whole lot of what I'm going to be working with now. So right now I have every single weed in the books out there right now. The previous owner uh, was a beekeeper as well, so she really was excited to have wild grasses and um, all of the weeds, all of them. And that's fine. That's, that's their prerogative, and that was something that they chose to be able to have their hobby, and I appreciate that. But at the same respect, I have a much different goal in mind with how I'm going to be treating and managing this property. As of right now, we don't have horses, we don't have ponies. At some point we will. There is a barn on the property. There's a, it's a two stall barn. Like I said, she had horses, she had ponies, and she was really utilizing it as that working ranch. So we'll get there at some point, but right now we're, we're very much in the stage of trying to just get ourselves in. And that's where a lot of you, where a lot of you will start your lawn care seasons, whether you're starting in the fall, whether you're starting in the summer or the winter, you're always kind of approaching your lawn care program at whatever stage you're in from the beginning, whether that's the beginning of the quote lawn care season like it is now, or it's in the middle of it, you know, or whatever the case may be, wherever you're starting is wherever your plan starts. So for me to be walking you guys through what I have going on right now is really exciting because you guys are going to be in a very similar position. So say somebody's coming in and they don't have brand new Kentucky bluegrass sod and they've got every weed in the books. I'm going to be walking you through that. You're going to be listening and you're going to understand what, what I have going on and you'll be able to, to then take that knowledge and move forward with it. So stay tuned this whole season. There's going to be a ton of information that you guys are going to need. But when I start to approach my program, right, the first thing that I need to do is think about my overall strategy, right? There are multiple strategies that you can take whenever you choose to enter into your lawn care program. And so, right, I'm really excited to be walking through this with you guys because I'm at ground zero for where my lawn care program begins. And a lot of you are starting from scratch. Some of you are starting off of a previous season, which is why, again, I'm excited this is another season, season two. And you're going to be following along with me here as you've already done some renovations on your property. Or maybe you've been waiting to do a, reno a renovation until the spring and you're excited to get your, your jump on that, but you don't exactly know where to start. This is a great place to start, right? First thing that anybody needs to do is get yourself a journal. Get yourself something that you can take your notes. Get yourself organized with your lawn care program. I joke with my wife all the time. My life, there's two things in my life that are absolutely organized and everything else is chaos. It's my work and my lawn care program. Those are the two things in my life that are hands down organized to a T. I work for a risk management company and accuracy is... A requirement so with that mentality I take that home to to the lawn care program as well and I really make sure that I am 100% organized with what I want to do now once you have your organization in place for for how you manage your program you can work around with it right you can you can be more flexible with it but for people that are just starting out especially make sure that you're keeping notes of all the products that you're purchasing, of all the things that you're going to be putting into your lawn, uh, when you choose to do these things, how much you put down, um, whether or not it was watered in, the weather conditions, they're all really important pieces of detail that right now I'm, I'm very much going to have to be reverting back to this. I got very comfortable in my last property. When you're in a space for a while and you're doing kind of a, a maintenance program with it where it's, you know, bi-weekly mowing and 
monthly fertilizer applications, et cetera, and your lawn is in really good shape, you start to lose that, that touch with your lawn that it needs you, that it needs something. You know what it needs at all times. And it gets, I don't want to say boring, but it, it gets to a point that you really understand it and you can say by looking at it, that's what it needs or that's what it, what's happening here. And you can be very comfortable with your program. You can be a little less you know, diligent with your note taking, et cetera. But this now brings me back to my roots, which, you know, when I started off with my little, what was it only like five or 6,000 square feet back in Wheaton, Illinois, I had no idea what I was doing at all. And I was going day by day trying to figure things out and taking those notes was a critical step to understanding, oh, hey, now this looks like this two months later, I put this thing down and X, Y, Z happened. Does that make sense? So when we have the record of what we've done, we can always kind of look back and find out what did we do here? Where did we go wrong? How much did I water that week? When did I mow that week? Did I mow that week? Uh, what was my mowing height at that week? What was the weather like? Was it hot? Was it rainy? Did we have a long stretch of no irrigation? Did I run my irrigation? All of these things. Did I replace an irrigation head? Did I choose to, to put down a different product? There's all different kinds of you know variables that will help you determine later on in your program. Oh, I've got a fungus. What's going on? Maybe it's moisture, lack of moisture. It, you know, Make yourself diligent enough to record what's happening in and around your property and in and around your lawn so that you can then manage all of the different variables that happen in relation to the products that you choose to put down. So, you know, we can't, we can't control the weather. We can't control nature. We can't control biology. We can't control a lot of that. But what we can control is what we choose to put down when, how much, how often, and all of those other things. And those are based on different temperatures, different soil temperatures, different water conditions, different weather conditions. It's really important to follow all those and keep note of it as you go through your lawn care season. I've already purchased my journal for 2022 and I've got notes going through it like crazy. It's really, really important to do this. So now on a five acre property, I have, I have so much that I need to consider most people are not going to have to consider everything that I'm going to be working through here at the property. Um, and I keep calling it the property. So we're going to, we're going to release the name of our, of our property shortly. Um, we're working on putting together uh, a brand for it and just, you know, pinning that up before we go live with it. But we're going to also be having kind of a podcast YouTube channel related to what's happening here at the homestead because there's just so much happening that it's not just grass related. This is a really good segment now that we've talked about kind of our initial first ground, first step of a new lawn care program, getting a sense of, of what's been happening in the last couple of weeks, couple of months here um, at the homestead. <laughs> so we're, we're really kind of overwhelmed. <laughs> there's a ton going on. Uh, right when we moved into the property, uh, we had to get a new water softener because the one that was here was broken and we needed to have clean, green, uh, drinking water, of course. So we did that, got ourselves a reverse osmosis system, which is actually kind of cool for our drinking water as well. We're on a well system, which is totally new to me and definitely going to be a learning curve throughout this whole process. I've never irrigated on a property with well water 
And I have a, a one horsepower pump and I believe the well is drilled at like 200, mi- or 200 feet down into the aquifer. There's a, the, all this information has kind of just been hurled at me in the last several weeks. So you guys will have a lot of fun watching me learn all of this as I go through and you're going to see me fail which all of you are going to fail at something in your life. And may it be this great that nobody gets hurt, right? Um, but there will be failures, there will be successes, and I want you to be ready for all of those things as you move forward. But right when you get into a property like this, I knew I needed to get uh, clean water, of course. Uh, and I also knew I needed to have clean air. So we had to have a, like a radon mitigation system installed. And that was done shortly after we moved in. Everything's good there. So really excited about some of that. But we dropped a lot of money, you know, right away, right once we moved into the property. And, you know, that happens. It happens to everybody. You think, oh, everything's going to be all right. I'm good. Um, And then, you know, this major thing happens why it's so important to have contingencies and have backup plans for everything that you've got going on. Really be organized with it. Be organized with everything you've got going on in life. And now that I've got this type of property, five-acre property, it's not just the lawn anymore. I need to be diligent about all of the things I'm choosing to do with this house and make sure that I'm, you know, actively cleaning our water system, that I'm actively reviewing our furnace and our air systems, um, going just through the house and making sure that everything is working properly because small things can very quickly add up. And then you're in a position where, you know, you're in a lot of trouble. So, and that's where small expenses, small maintenance expenses become large, you know, failures over time, which the previous owner who had, you know, this water softener, that was a big failure. At some point that should have been replaced, but um, it was working just enough to pass inspection. It's always fun. But anyway, yeah, so, you know, expect those expenses when you when you move into a new home, when you especially move into a property of this size. So going back to some of the lawn care stuff, right? We've gotten here, we we get our journal, and we really start thinking about what are our first steps back in the lawn. What do we need to do right now here in middle of January to make sure that we're ready? So I always like to think about when does the weather start to kick back up? And I use that as like a reverse clock going into my lawn care season. I've been lucky. Some years I've gotten out like mid-March and gotten the first cut, gotten like a a cleanup done. So figure right now we're mid-January, gotta go, you know, we're two months out. That's 60 days. Looking at the supply chains right now, if you want to do a grass seed application, you need to get that seed now, which is something that I'm looking at doing because I have a ton of property that needs to be reseeded. And I'm definitely going to be doing at least a few sections here in the spring because I have to. So think about it. That brings me to my first really big decision, right? What are we going to do? What's our goal for this year? Are we in a position that we just renovated our property last season, last fall? And we're going to be coming into the spring like full steam ahead with a fresh, beautiful lawn moving forward. That's awesome. I love being in that situation when you can just throw down your pre-emergent and you don't have to worry about the condition of the lawn. It's going to work through winter. It's going to get through that snow mold. You're going to kick it over. It's going to get stronger and it's going to grow nice and fine here into like early April. And then, of course, into May when it really comes in strong. So yeah, you're either in that position or you're in a position that you need to do some renovations. I know people that, you know, swear by doing spring renovations that they're more successful. And I've never had, personally, I have never had an extremely successful spring renovation. Now, I say that and a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you can do it. It's not impossible. You're 
absolutely right. It's not impossible. You can do that. It's it's doable, 100%. It's far more difficult, in my opinion, and it's a lot more labor-intensive, and it's a lot more um, financial investment you know, and risk, in my opinion. So, um, And I'll walk you through that here in a second, but that's what I want you all to figure out right now. Think about this. If you're new to your property like I am, I only was able to get one mow on the property before I uh, before winter came, right? Moved in December 10th for a week after I moved in. My buddy uh, who owns a moving company out in Colorado on call Mountain Movers, Dane LeBeau, my boy, um, he was out here with me for a week straight mowing the property with my Toro 30-inch Time Master. And man, it took, it literally took three days to mow this property. But it was really important. I'm glad we did this. So we we had this warm-up in early December. Um, I don't know if you recall, the last episode was like, finish strong, we're going, it was cold, going into winter. That was like mid-November, and this happens every year. We get like you know, a warm flash that comes after several weeks of freeze, and it grows the grass a little bit. And so property here was like six inches, seven maybe, in some areas close to eight inches tall because her last mow on the property was probably like, I don't know, first week of November because we had that really cold second half of November and a really warm like first week of December. So she probably cut it thinking it's fine. I get into the property and it's just overgrown, right? Like crazy. So I get really one opportunity. I knew snow was coming and I had to finish strong. I just put an episode out about finishing your season strong. So I did that. We were out here. We took priority and we mowed it. We mowed the entire property, all five acres of it. It literally took like two and a half, three days because I couldn't dedicate my entire day to mowing. We had to take turns and get other things done. We had to bring boxes into the house. We had to get the house set up. So I'm really glad we did that though. And a lot of people, you know, if you have that opportunity to get out there, if you've had that opportunity, then you have a basic sense of your land because you need to learn your land and understand what your goal is moving forward. It's all about goals, right? If we just want a green lawn, like, what does that mean? You know, we need to have obtainable goals. And this isn't just for lawn care. This is for life in general. If you're just living like, oh, I'm not happy. Or like, I don't, I don't think this brings me joy, right? What are you working towards? Are you, are you actively working towards something? Because if you're not, then of course you're not happy because you need to set up a goal for yourself that's obtainable so that your body is like, oh, wow, I just, I get a reward. I did good, right? That's, that's kind of like teaching your body how to reward itself. Give yourself small, obtainable goals over time, and you wouldn't believe the level of confidence that you'll be able to, to draw from yourself. You know, some people need motivational speakers. Some people need friends that, you know, cheer them on. You can be your own coach. You have to be, really. And you're a lot cheaper than paying for a coach. You're a lot cheaper than paying for you know, a mentor or whatever that is. But just in life, you need to start to develop habits where you're teaching yourself to set establishable, obtainable goals. And once you hit those goals, establishing new ones. And this kind of habitual lifestyle of achieving goals, seeing your future ahead of yourself before it happens, you're in the driver's seat, right? That's your choice then. It's no longer the world dragging you by the back of your neck. It's you in the driver's seat driving the world. Now, again, I, I don't like to be preachy. I'm just, I, I get kind of worked up when I start to think about this stuff because 
you can really create so much for yourself. If you have a goal, if you have the mindset of how much money you want to make or what you want to be doing in life or what kind of car you want to be driving or that's, you know, whatever it might be, set that goal and then outline individual steps that will help you achieve that goal. And every single day, check something off your list every day. If it's 150 items that get you to that Bentley, do 150 items. Even if it takes six years, 10 years, 20 years, right? Like Jackie Chan didn't win an Oscar until he was on his like 50 something moving, right? Like we need to just pedal to the metal, grind it out. If you want something, take it. But that is so true when it comes to lawn care, right? So here's my furnace again. Sorry, I'm in the basement recording and, uh, I've got a ton of systems that I didn't have in my last property. I've got like a well bladder. I've got the iron filter. I've got a water softener. I've got old pool equipment. Uh, I'm doing my best with my studio here and I know it's going to sound a little bit different. We're going to get things a little bit more, you know, back to our pro status here once, once we have the opportunity to kind of create another room in the basement. But for now, I apologize. I hope my, uh, my sound editor can, can rule out some of that, uh, some of that furnace noise. But anyway, I want to make sure that everybody understands that when you establish the goal, you're the one that's in control. You have to find the obtainable steps that are going to get you to that goal. So for me and for everyone else, we need to determine what we want from our lawn care season this year. Is it just getting to a point that we have filled in all of the bare spots? Is it to a point that we are, you know, renovating the whole thing, ripping it to shreds, uh, grading and leveling and, and all this other stuff and going like really to the nines with it. And that's fine. You can absolutely do that. But what are those steps? How do you get that done? Who do you hire? When do you hire them? How much do they cost? All of these variables are things you need to be figuring out right now, especially if you're trying to hire somebody, you need 60 days notice to them before they can even put you on the calendar. And chances are there's a lot of people that are already booked for the spring to be doing certain things. So we're already late, right? It's January 16th or 18th, whatever it is today. And we're already late on the 2022 lawn care season that doesn't start for 60 days. Welcome to my life. So figure out for yourself, what's the goal for this year? And for me, I don't know that yet. And that's what I need to figure out. So I'm going to lay out a few scenarios for, for a few different uh, people that I think will, will fit the bill for most people. Like I said, there's going to be people that have been listening to season one that are here now, that have finished strong, that have an established lawn, that are moving forward this year in the spring. Those people, I am excited for you. You are going to have an awesome year this year, and it's going to pop. Season two of your lawns is one of my favorite seasons, especially if you've never had a lawn care regime or a program before. If you're like from an apartment, and this is your second year in a house, and your second year on a program, Dude, you are going to freak out. It's going to be so awesome. And if you don't have a stripe kit yet and you're up here in like the cool season grass area, get yourself a stripe kit. You will be so happy. <laughs> you really will. That's like pro status once you get to your second season. I think you really need to have like two seasons under your belt before you can get the striping kit. You know, you almost want to like have a year there where you're just like, I'm focused on my mowing. I'm focused on my my progress and my program, right? Just like really strict with yourself about like, I mow twice a week. I mow twice a week. I fertilize once a month. I fertilize once a month. And you just, you know, you're a robot with it almost. And 
season two, it's like, oh, okay, here we go. I can throw down a little bit of this because this is happening. And oh, I can put down a little bit of iron because I've got a family party, you know, in like six days. I can throw some chelated iron down. Don't recommend any of that for like new time people. Like, don't don't do anything that you're not comfortable with. But that second year, once you start to get comfortable with your products, comfortable with uh, labels, especially, my goodness, that's such a learning curve. And um, getting used to just when to put things down, how to put things down, and understanding your equipment, understanding your land, understanding your water, year two is awesome for you. But then there's also people who had a really tough year one. Say you jumped in late, say you like got into your house in July, and now you're you know, looking down the barrel of like this dead grass that you didn't do a renovation in the fall, and you're just like, I, I can't do it yet, I have to wait till the spring. Some of you guys will be in a very similar situation that I'm in for part of my property. And that's why I'm laying out a few different scenarios because I'm going to have a few different scenarios on my property itself. There's an area that I'm going to renovate. I'm, I've got to. There's a whole, it's almost a full acre. And um, I'm probably going to kill off everything that's in there as early as I can so that I can plant, you know, kind of a premium seed. So I'm working on a premium seed, trying to get that. The supply chain is pretty difficult right now, but some of my buddies in certain companies are, are doing their best to get me some stuff. So on a pretty large scale, too, I have a full acre that I need to, to seed. But there's a couple of different grass seeds that I'm going to be putting into this acre for a particular process that I'm not ready to, to disclose yet. So that's going to be a project that we talk about in a couple of weeks, a couple of months. I'm definitely going to be collaborating with a few people because some of it is beyond my scope of knowledge and ability. So stay tuned. We got a ton, like I said, a ton happening around the podcast, around the property, around the homestead in the next several weeks, several months, several years. So right, there's people that are going to be renovating their properties here in the spring. And those are really the, the two major processes that you, you're probably going to fall in. You're either not doing a renovation or you are doing a renovation or you're doing some kind of partial renovation where, you know, maybe you're, you're overseeding, you know, but not killing anything off, right? Maybe you've just got a light seeding that you're trying to do to like bring things up. We can get into that into like some more specific, smaller, particular options for you. But big picture here, we're looking at people who are renovating and people who are pushing growth. So decide today or this week or this month, hopefully, you know, where you fall in line there. Are you renovating or are you pushing what you have? Because there are going to be two very different strategies moving forward in the spring. The people that are, you know, in a position where they have seeded and they have an established lawn and they're looking to push here in the spring, your first move is going to be purchasing your pre-emergent to make sure we get that down when soil temperatures reach about 45 to 50 degrees. That is our very first application that we typically do here in the early spring we're going to be talking a lot about pre-emergence in the upcoming episode. So I'm not going to spend much time on that, but that's really like, I want you to be thinking about that. You should know what your first step is and you should be preparing for that. And we're going to talk about different types of things that we're going to purchase later, but get yourself in the mindset of knowing I'm going to be applying a pre-emergent in the spring. And I always feel like I need to have a disclaimer here. Um, like, so pre-emergence are touchy subjects. Some people are very against them. Some people are very for them. And whichever way you go, that's totally fine. If 
you're in a position that you're trying to push a fresh new lawn that you've renovated in the fall, you're going to want a pre-emergent. I'm just telling you this because you can fight it off other ways. You can have, you can choke it out, you know, with your, you know, heavy fertilizer applications and make sure that you don't have crabgrass growing. But if you're the type of person that just got on a lawn care season and you just renovated your property and you're trying to push this growth of this new lawn, get it established, get it rolling, set yourself up for success, save yourself that investment and put pre-emergent down when the temperatures are right so that you can avoid crabgrass infestations come June and July, right? It's a no-brainer to me. And yes, there's a lot of arguments that like the, the pre-emergent is an unneeded herbicide chemical, right? The percentage of crabgrass that you get by percentage of, of healthy turf is nominal, right? All of these different arguments, I've heard them all. And I'm not really like one to poke my nose in between like this and like much larger environmental discussion. But what I do know is on your particular piece of property for the, what is it, like six pounds per year per 1,000 square feet. I'm not super concerned about it because all of the healthy things that we're going to be putting into our lawn, in addition to this pre-emergent herbicide, it's not just about the, the herbicides. It's not about killing things. I agree. You want to push growth when it's appropriate. And that's what I've said on numerous occasions. I like to push growth. I'm either in a kill mode or I'm in a growth mode. And you need to be able to distinguish what you're doing. So when you're putting pre-emergent down, that's your, your mode. I am killing future crabgrass here. I'm going to put it down. I'm going to put it down at the appropriate rate. So that's our goal with this pre-emergent. We can have a very separate conversation about all of those things, the dimension, the um, prodiamine, the dithypyr, uh, whatever it is, we can talk about it. Uh, but what I'm, what I'm proposing right now is to all of those people who have just done a renovation you're going to want to spend the money on a pre-emergent herbicide to make sure you put that down to prevent yourself from having a crabgrass infestation come June and July. Just do it. It'll, you'll be so happy. Um, and that's not, you know, for me to, to kind of get you guys to, to push a product that you don't need. Not at all. If you're in a position that you have maybe renovated multiple seasons, this is your third or your fourth overseed, you've been in your lawn, your house for two, three years plus, you've got a solid program, you probably don't need pre-emergent and you're right. And that's a totally different conversation that we can have. So if you're in a position like that, by all means, skip the pre-emergent. Hey, last year I only got like 10 blades of crabgrass. I handed it, I handpicked it, we're good. That's fine, that's totally fine. And I encourage you to do that, that as your program expands and grows, right? That's why I'm excited for you guys in year two, year three, year four. As it grows, you'll be able to pull back on some of these other things. It's like life insurance, right? The, the less money, the less assets that you have, the more insurance that you need in case something happens. The more assets you have, the bigger your 401k gets, the more money that you put aside for retirement. Boom, all of that money now is where you need to bring down your insurance. You don't need to pay for insurance when your assets are high, right? I'm not selling you on insurance. That's not my goal. I'm just trying to paint the picture here that you don't need insurance your whole life, which is why people say whole life insurance is the best way to go. And you can get like a 30 year term for like a hundred bucks, a million dollar policy. And at the same time, build up your assets on the other side so that when your need for insurance dissipates, you have the money over here to do that. Same concept here, right? As we build up our turf, as we get ourselves invested 
And as we establish this root base, because it takes several years for our soil to get right after we're applying the right amount of product to get nitrogen into the soil, to have your humus cultivating these you know, wonderful cultivars of, of grasses and different microorganisms working together inside of your soil. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes a lot of product to get things in, in that position, right? So, but that still doesn't change for most people that are listening to this podcast. Most people are looking for advice. Most people are looking for what can I do in the spring to preserve my lawn and to get myself set up right for the season. And most people should put down a pre-emergent herbicide. That smaller percentage of people that don't, by all means, reach out to me at the podcast on uh, Instagram. It's the.grass.station.podcast. I'd love to talk to you guys. Maybe we can do a side episode on people that like are anti-pre-emergent because I've gotten a lot of heat from it in the past. But if you want to talk, by all means, reach out. I would love to hear your guys' side of it, and um, we can do that at another time. But then there's everyone else, you know, like me, that's going to be doing some kind of renovation. And um, those people that, you know, have put, you know, are going to be putting down their pre-emergent, you guys are lucky. I'm excited for you guys. So if you're in the position that you're going to be doing a renovation on your property, then you need to be thinking about a different set of products, right? You need to be thinking more about your seed than pre-emergent. Um, you could be in a position that you want to also apply a pre-emergent and the only one that you can do that with is, is mesotrione. So if you're in a position that you'd like to do that, try and get yourself a bottle of mesotrione. They're kind of expensive. It's like $65, but I think one bottle covers eight acres. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but now I'm in a position that, that would last me years. Right, I have a bottle of Tenacity that's literally been with me for, I don't know, three years probably because I've been on 10,000 square foot lots and I don't ever do a broadcast application. Now here on this property, I'm probably going to do a broadcast application of Mesotrione and it'll be a bottle and a half, you know, to five acres, right? So no, I don't, I don't think, I think it's five acres per bottle. So I think one bottle will get me the whole thing. I got to look at it. I'm not exactly sure what it is. But either way, that's one of the uh, pre-emergent herbicides you can use while seeding. It's the only one that I'm aware of. So get yourself get yourself some mesotrione and some seed, and that'll give you about a 30-day coverage to make sure that nothing is going to be growing through your newly established seed in the spring. Now, we're going to talk about all of that here in the coming months, and I'm really not going to talk a whole lot about it until like February, mid-March, because the whole point here is that we need to be in prep mode. We need to have goals set. These are long-term goals. And the first goal of yours is going to be gathering all of the products that you need to start your season. Ideally, you would gather all the products that you need for the entire season because you know what your season's going to look like. But we'll get there, right? That That's what most of us that are kind of nutty with our lawns are doing right now is we're, we're gathering all of our, our stuff for the uh, for the year. Now, if you're in a position like me where you have to now consider new equipment, right? Maybe you're a new homeowner and now you, you need to buy new equipment. This is an exciting stage for you guys. It's kind of overwhelming for me. I have five acres, so I need to get like at least a zero turn and some kind of like a permagreen or another, you know, a uh, piece of equipment that I can use to do like herbicide and fertilizer applications, right? Because like a standard push broadcast spreader is not going to cut it. A regular, you know, ride-on tractor or lawnmower, 
that goes like four or five miles an hour, it's not going to cut it. It's going to take me like two and a half hours, three hours to cut the lawn. So I really need to figure out what, what I need, what's going to work long term for my property. And that's what everybody needs to be doing right now. If you're new, you need to think about your equipment. Go back to season one. There's, there's a whole, you know, section there that I talk about specific equipment that you might need, uh, like a 10,000 square foot property. That's where most people are going to be between five and 10,000 square feet. So now you're going to get a little bit of an advance on that. You're going to get like the full large property type discussion. So I might need to get like a Kubota or a Bobcat in addition to like a zero turn lawnmower. I'm really excited actually to kind of go shopping and figure out what I'm going to get. Um, there's some used equipment that I'm looking at. There's also some new equipment that I might finance and, and have some help with from a diff- couple of different companies. Um, so I, I'm super excited about that. I'm, I'm looking forward to testing and renting some new equipment so that I can get my feet wet with the larger equipment um, before I pull the trigger on anything, you know, officially. So lots, lots to come with our discussion on equipment in the, in the coming weeks, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. You know, you got to think about what you need and what's going to be appropriate for your property. So um, think about that as you're buying equipment, whether or not you're going to be renting it or buying it or uh, leasing it or whatever the case might be, or if you're going to be using it for commercial purposes, there's a whole different line of, of products that I might recommend to you in that case. But if you're just a standard homeowner, think about that. Don't just go out to Home Depot the day that your lawn gets to six inches and, and grab whatever's there. Do your research. Find out what's going to work best for you. Are you going to be a battery guy? That's where a lot of people are going right now. And uh, that's where California went. They, they made a law that says now that gas-powered equipment is going to be obsolete. That is illegal to run gas-powered blowers and mowers. Like, excuse me? Like, I own this equipment. I, I about lost it when I saw that. But that industry is taking over. The batteries have really come a long way. And for the environment, for, for future legislation, I, I, that's where it's going. You know, agree or disagree, that's where it's going. And um, if you want to get on that train, then by all means, do that. But luckily, Illinois is not in a position yet that they have said no to gas blowers and mowers yet. So I'm very likely going to stick to a gas-powered mower machine on my larger property now. But if you're on a small property, by all means, man, the Ryobi, like, 40-volt has an awesome line of electric mowers. If you want to get into real mowing, there's the Electra, there's the Allet machines, these guys are awesome. There's so many different brands and so many different things that you can think about uh, if you want to get into into the electric world. There's there's a ton of equipment and people are kind of in a position that they've been trained that gas is better, right? That batteries are bad for the environment. And, and you know, there's a lot of truth to that, I would, I'm sure. But uh, many of these companies also have like battery replacement programs where they recycle the batteries and, and have things that are, they do make sure that these are uh, positive, you know, impact on the planet, which is kind of cool. And you're not running the gas, you're not relying on fossil fuels. You don't have to go run out to the gas station to get it. You just have, a, you know, a backup battery that's that's charging. So most people are going to be able to get away with that. You know, my brother just bought a property in Park Ridge, Illinois, and he's on a smaller lot. He's got only like, like 2,500 or 5,000 square feet total of grass, but um, he's got a little, you know, bit of lawn that that an electric mower would probably be perfect you know it would he would get like six or eight mows off of one fully charged battery and not spend a dollar or the hassle with gas and he's never owned a a lawn before so that would be a great entry point for him is to be able to have something that that cuts the grass that is easy to 
make sure you've always got your batteries in place and interchangeable batteries for things that are like your weed whacker, your attachments, and um, the snow shovels are sweet. Like I really like the, the Toro snow shovel. Man, that thing is awesome. If you've already got the Toro batteries for the weed whacker and the blower, get yourself the Toro snow attachment for the snow shovel. That thing is sweet. Um, there's a ton of people on Instagram that are doing videos on it and really, really cool. But if you only have like 10 steps in your front area and you've got like one small section of sidewalk and maybe your back patio is something that you don't want to get your big snowblower out in the back, one of those snow shovels, the, the power shovels are awesome. Get one of those. Ryobi needs to come out with one because I've got a ton of 40 volt batteries. I need one. <laughs> if, if they have one, I haven't seen it yet. Um, and I would love to get one of those. So if Ryobi's listening, if Toro's listening, send me one. I have a patio on the back that I need. Uh, one of those would be sweet and I'd love to do a review on it. So um, speaking of which, I did you know a couple of reviews here and it didn't uh, come up so well. I had to, I did the Aaron Snowblower review. That was awesome. Um, really just brief on the Instagram page, but it got cut off, which is kind of weird. So I'm going to be putting out a larger video of that in the future that I've already got, you know, kind of filmed for it. But um, if there's anyone or any you know company that's interested in in working with me on doing some some review stuff, if you think that it would be a positive uh, avenue to to be able to work with me, um, I would love to to kind of test out different things on this property. That's part of why I purchased this property because there are so many opportunities to be able to test different products and different seeds, different fertilizers. All sorts of things so i'm going to be working with a lot of different people i got a lot of things already set up but if you're out there and you're thinking like oh it'd be really cool to work with him or uh, this is a great product i'd love to send to see if we can get a review or whatever the case may be send me an instagram notice the.grass.station.podcast really looking forward to working with some different people this year and i've already got a few things lined up so um super excited about that and thank you aaron's for the support for sending out some gear um hopeful to to get another full uh full review on that um the professional 21 snowblower but kind of a side note so yeah i'm going to be testing a lot of different stuff here and i'm going to figure out what works for me in that process find out what equipment you need make sure that you're getting the right equipment for your situation so for that you could be spending like upwards of i don't know 500 to 600 dollars for the batteries the attachments and the um you know, the main piece itself, but then that's it, right? You know, 500, 600 bucks, that's pretty good to be all of your items in. And if you choose to get the lawnmower and it's got the battery attachment, even more so, like under a thousand, you've got all the equipment that you need. If you're in a larger property, say you're in like 10,000 to 15,000 square feet, you definitely need something more powerful. I would, I would say at least for your mowing capacity. Like I said, there's a ton of people that, you know, argue that the batteries will make it. But um, consider yourself a larger piece of equipment if you can. Now, I'm kind of getting into this position of like what equipment you might need because it is the beginning of the season. But that's going to be my own separate uh, episode here once I start to tackle some of my equipment needs. But I want people to be thinking about that. New people especially, think about it now. What do I need to be getting product-wise? What do I need to be getting equipment-wise? How do I want to look? How does my season look all year round? What am I mowing with? What am I trimming with? What am I um, putting down for fertilizer? Where are my hoses? Do I have <clears throat> my irrigation um, set up? Right? These are all things we need to be preparing for now. Not when we need it. Now. We want to make sure we've got all of this stuff. And if we don't, 
Get online. Nowadays, you can buy all this stuff online. You don't even need to go to the store anymore. Maybe you've been thinking about, oh, yeah, I wanted to expand my irrigation to the uh, to the parkway, right? I didn't have it last year. I want to make sure I do that. If that's your goal this year, buy yourself some hoses and a couple of new sprinkler heads and give yourself a daisy chain that gets you out to the parkway, right? That's an obtainable goal. It's not this grandiose, I want a nicer looking lawn kind of goal, like, you know, like obtainable goals. This is a section that's dead. I want it alive, right? Like that's an obtainable goal. Either put sod down or put seed down and water it. Or this is a section the dog chews up and there's holes everywhere and it just looks awful. I want it to look better. Well, what specifically, right? Are you going to, you're going to train the dog to use a different area. You're going to try and make sure that that doesn't happen again. Maybe dog training is a really good opportunity for your lawn care program this year. Maybe dog training is a really good opportunity for your dog, for your lawn care program this year. I'll say it again. Maybe dog training is a good opportunity for your lawn care program this year because I have this discussion with so many people about dogs and I just, we have a dog. We just got a dog and I'm excited. I love dogs, but dogs do damage. There's no doubt. Dogs do damage. And if you want to have a pristine lawn, the only way, the only way to make sure that you can do that with a dog is to train the animal. There's no other way. If you're not willing to take the time to train the animal how to use the bathroom, where to use the bathroom, there's really no other option. There's so many people, I see this all the time, and I'm about to probably get trigger warning. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm probably going to get hate emails or whatever, but... Um, it's not the dog's fault. It's the human's fault. And if you're not willing to put in the time and the effort, there's really no product that I see as appropriate to be giving an animal to help like stop urine spots. Everyone's talking about this. How do I get the urine spots out of my yard? Or how do I do this? And, and you're backwards. You're, you're trying to solve the problem. You're trying to solve the, the, the symptom, not the problem. The problem is that you haven't trained the dog to use the bathroom in the place that matters the most. So I'll say it one last time. Maybe dog training is a really good opportunity for you guys this year in your lawn care programs. Um, and that'll really help you out long term. If you can teach the animal where to use it, then they'll never give you a yellow spot in your lawn ever again. Now, I have two and a half or what is it? Three acres of property that's going to be exclusive for my kids and my dogs and my animals. Our chickens are coming. Our ducks are coming. So there's a ton of space that I don't really care about with regard to whether or not there's poop, whether or not there's yellow spots or whatever the case may be. I had to buy five acres to get that comfortable, right? Some people, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it on a 10,000 square foot property. We literally, we moved in within three days. No, that's a lie. Within a day, there was a dog here. So um, I love dogs. I've grown up with dogs. I absolutely love dogs. But I remember growing up, our little patchy lawn in the backyard was destroyed we never had a lawn in the backyard we didn't it was a poop mud pile all year round so um just make sure that you can curb your expectations for what your goals are this year so that's a really big one i really want everyone to walk away thinking okay where do i fall in the spectrum of what needs to happen first thing in the spring am i going to be doing this am i going to be doing that am i going to be buying this am i going to be buying that figure out where you fall on the spectrum of what needs to happen in your lawn care program. That's step one. And everybody, regardless of where you stand on, whether you're doing a renovation, whether you're gonna be just maintaining your property, every single person needs to understand a few baselines. They need to understand how large their property is, 
They need to understand the square footage of their property so that they can accurately throw down products that are of appropriate weight and um, distribution, right? We also need to have our irrigation in place and be thinking about our irrigation. And I want everybody this you know, off season to be, to be purchasing what they need to get ready for. So um, if you're in the position that you're going to be renovating your lawn, get your seed now. If you're in the position that you're going to be pushing growth, get your pre-emergent now. If you're in the position that you've done three or four seasons and you're, you're good, you're, you don't have to worry about that. All you need to do is get yourself some fertilizer for the spring and get ready, right? Make sure your equipment is clean. Make sure that you're in a position um, that when day one hits, that it's nice enough to mow, you're out there mowing, right? What do we got to do to get ready for that first day? We finished strong, so all of our equipment should already be clean, right? We had that episode. We had that conversation several weeks ago. Our equipment's clean. Our hoses are put away. Everything is good. Now we're looking back. We're looking back on last year's program to say, this did or did not work for me, right? This did or did not work for me. Figure that out. I remember in middle of July of last season, I really struggled. Sorry, two seasons ago. I really struggled with my parkway. That's kind of why I brought up that example of like daisy chaining out your irrigation to the parkway because that's something that's obtainable. That's something that you can do. That's a focus that you can have this year once you've got all of your other pieces in place. And, and that's something that you need to do, right? So if you've got everything else figured out, but you've got a section of your lawn that you're trying to work with, get out there. Think about that. What kind of equipment do you need to purchase in the off season to make that goal happen? Give yourself a budget. Maybe it's two or three paychecks worth of stuff. Okay, you know, you need to figure that out. You should have been saving since November, right? And then you'd be in a position that you can buy that now. So prepare. That's what it's all about, preparing. And in addition to this lawn preparation, we're going to get really deep into that here in the next several weeks, right? Getting ourselves ready with the specific products that I'm going to walk you through. Um, this is much more of like a broad outlook of, of where I want people to be thinking going into February. Not a whole lot happening in the lawn care world right now a lot of preparation and it goes hand in hand with a lot of what happens, you know, in the homesteading world and in farming and with agriculture, when you've harvested, right? We harvest typically in the Midwest. I think that the final harvest is like October, November, you harvest and you have everything for the season. And at that point you humbly reflect upon what was successful and what wasn't successful. And you plan for next year. Maybe your yield wasn't good enough because of, the weather, right? That stinks. But how do we control irrigation then? Uh, maybe you got stuck with a fungus and you didn't have the right fungicides on hand when that hit. So at this point, you would be purchasing your propiconazole, zoxystrobin, and making sure that it's on the shelf. Uh, maybe last year you ran out of fertilizer and you couldn't find malorganite in the middle of July because it's always gone. So now you're loading up on malorganite because you go to Ace Hardware and nobody's purchasing fertilizer when it's 10 below. You are. <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh, my wife isn't happy about that, but that's the time to do it. It's on sale. It's at the stores. There's some great sales out there. If you see it, get it. Um, I'm not going to be purchasing Malorganite for this property because I would need like 700 bags of it to do five acres. Um, so we're going to be adjusting our expectation of which fertilizers to be putting into the property. Um, and how we're going to go about doing that. And that's going to be a lot of fun this year is like calculating nitrogen rates and, and figuring out 
how much I need to put down, but like just enough, right? I don't want to overspend. I want to make sure that I have just enough nitrogen to like squeeze every penny out of what I choose to put in the end of this property because, you know, like I could overthrow on a 10,000 square feet. So what? Throw another bag. It's fine. Get some more fert down. Get some more nitrogen down here. If I want it to be even, I need to calculate my, my end rates very carefully. I have five acres. That's 250,000 square feet of property. I don't want to put like an extra 0.5 pounds per thousand square feet. That's a lot of money, right? That's a lot of money. So I need to be careful about how much I put down and how much I purchase, how much I have on hand to make sure I'm doing a full application. And I'm probably going to be adjusting my application frequency to, to mirror kind of a, a more realistic approach for such a large property, you know, doing some like ammonium sulfate on like a quart, you know, every two months, every, you know, like six to eight weeks, kind of like you would see on a, a different type of, uh, of program with, with a commercial setting, but we'll get there. We're definitely going to get there. I am still a very big advocate for people that are going to do it themselves and are going to really attack kind of a growth phase and do like monthly fertilizer applications, but we'll get there. So super excited about that. My main message here today is get ready. Get ready. You know, the lawn care season's coming. It's cold outside. I would use a few different words than that if this wasn't a, a family-friendly podcast. It's cold out there, okay? And one way we can fight the cold is by preparing for something that we're excited about and to be thinking about something that gives us joy, right? I love being out there. I love being on a lawnmower. I love the smell of grass, cutting grass, all of it. So if I can think about it, that's going to help my January blues, right? Everyone's out there. The sun is out for half the day. We're all mad inside. We don't get to get out. We don't get the fresh air we want. Everyone's mad about coronavirus, all this stuff, right? There's so many things to be mad about. So many things to be down about in the wintertime. You know, it's cold. I got to wear a jacket. I got to wear a hat. I got to wear a scarf. Oh, I got to go out there and I got to scrape my car. All of these things, right? Think about something that gives you joy this winter, Break those winter blues and think about your spring season. Bring spring home. If you see it, it will happen. Make your goals happen, right? So I'm going to stop today. I'm going to let you guys off with some of that. But um, really stay tuned with the channel. I'm super excited about everything that's going on. We're going to be making some changes. We're going to be bringing on a couple of different guests. And we're going to be talking about a lot of different things in addition to just grass here. Um, being on this type of property, we're going to get really deep into soil science. We're going to get really deep into... Um, some of the projects that we're choosing to work with and different cultivars of grasses. So really excited, super pumped to be uh, in this position and to have you guys, you know, like walking me through with this and I can walk you guys through your new programs and kind of do this hand in hand. It's really a fun time to, to have the community here to come together. And I'm going to need a lot of help from the community in the same way that I can help you guys with some of your more um, traditional style lawns. So take care, stay safe. And until the next one, we'll see you. The Grass Station Podcast provides weekly updates, tips, product reviews, and coaching on cool season residential lawn programs, helping you save time, effort, and money all season long.